Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Jim and Misty, thank you so much for being a part of our, our podcast, our resiliency podcast today. We're really blessed to, to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we really get into the content of what we want to talk to you guys about, why don't you just tell us a little bit of your story? We both grew up in a, in a fairly, in, in a missional context. Uh, family was for both of us was centered around the kingdom um, in lots of ways for Christy as an MK uh, for me domestically in the U S uh, the church was central to what we were about as a family. And we met on a short term trip in Papua New Guinea and our relationship began under the context of the idea that we would serve overseas was something in in the forefront of our thinking even early in our relationship yeah so i think it is good to mention that that we were willing to go anywhere and we were waiting for i guess something specific we had tried different avenues and the doors had shut but anyway when when god specifically called us to this country we heard take your family to this place so it was a really burnt a burning bush moment for us that has been uh, a rock that we an altar a pillar for us that we we planted at that moment and and have walked forward from that right one of the reasons why silas and i thought let's interview these guys is because you just as a family we look at you, others look at you and say, now those are some guys who know how to have fun. Those are some guys who know how to keep it light at times in a very heavy world. I think Christy and I add different different pieces to that, to how that's played out for us. So I'm more serious by nature. She's more fun by nature, uh, for sure. And... So I, I think I'll just speak to kind of my part of that equation. And it's not spiritual versus fun. I think they're both spiritual <laughs> in nature. Well, yeah. Having the reputation of, of being fun is kind of like, oh, that's awesome. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, I think... We, we do live in a place that has, is very intense at different times, geopolitically and uh, locally. But I think one of the things that we've done as a family is we've, we've, we're, we're talking constantly. We communicate a lot as a family. The serious part that I bring to those conversations is typically, you, you know, if there's something intense going on, we talk about it with our kids. Now, they're teen. They're all teenagers now, so 
there's a kind of intense situation happening right now. And we're talking, we're not hiding anything from them at this point. Right. Because they're at a place where they can not only handle that, but so into the situation with wisdom and prayer, et cetera. As they were kids, we were doing that on a different level, you know, but leaning into the character of God is, some, is something that we've always done. And, and I think what that does is it releases us to do what we're supposed to do. And it releases God to do, not that he needs to be released, but it, it allows him in our lives to fulfill his place, which is the one who's in control and who's uh, powerful and all-knowing. And um, so we have regularly had conversations in good times and in hard times about who God is and who we are in, in light of that, that sounds like such a big thing. It, it doesn't play out as a big thing. It feels like little conversations that are happening along the lifestyle. That's what I hear you saying. You said when they were younger, we would talk about this and we talk about it in a different way. And now they're older and they're teenagers and they're actually contributing wisdom and intercession or whatever into this, into the thing. So it's powerful. Yeah. It's the yeah, of years of, of training up your kids in this way. Yeah. Our first year here is a good example. We, you know, we had just raised all this money to get over here. You have so much money you have to raise and support in one time. And then we had to raise more money to go back to our to back to icon in 2010. And we needed like $12,000. So we sat down with our kids and we had prayed about it and felt like God said, to us as a family, don't ask anyone. So the whole George Mueller thing, right? So we told the kids as a family, we felt like we heard this. So we told the kids, we're not going to ask anyone to provide this for us. We're just going to pray as a family and watch God provide. And I'm, I don't think it was two weeks. $12,000 showed up. (laughs) And, And so our kids, like our kids remember that. And, that's a, it was a mark for us that was exciting and fun. And, um, and it, it marked us as a family Drew us together. that God provides the next time you have needs that, that impacts how you, how you feel the, the heaviness of a need is impacted by a victory as family in that moment, our first year on the field. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm. No, so that it has it has this rippling effect forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason we can have fun now too is because we can stand on that foundation too, and 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 the kids and I all know too, like to give us what we need or to say, yeah, it's okay to have fun in in this situation, and so then we can. But I think so. Some of the things we do is two words. First would be traditions. And so we just have lots of little things that, and we add to it all the time, like stealing from other people or not, not that. That's what what you have a tradition of stealing <laughs> from other people. That's pretty cool. No, yeah. no. We might. <laughs> we need to consider that maybe if it's fun. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but stealing tradition ideas from people. And incorporating those into our life. (laughs) And then like the word routine too is important, but 
the routine is always changing, especially living in the Middle East. It's not that every day is the same. There might be a season where things stay the same over, you know, a certain period of time. But the the routine would be like a yearly thing where where there's Christmas things that we are, that we are doing, where there's Easter things that we're doing, Thanksgiving and all the big holidays, but also things like Friday night movies and pizza where we sit down together or where a lot one of the things that we really love to do is just go out on and pick a road because there's just so many different random roads here and we never know where it's going to lead. I mean, now we have Google Maps and they're almost all usually marked correctly on Google Maps, but <laughs> but still, like, we'll just kind of pick a road and go and then if there's a great place to get out and hike, then we'll get out and hike and we always have a really good time once we get out the door. But getting, getting certain members of the family out the door is, is, can be hard. So pictures paint a thousand words. You're talking about you're talking about traditions. Give us a good story. It's been maybe I mean, I guess we started this by saying sometimes things are a bit heavy there. Uh, just, you know, how you may have brought some levity to the situation. I want a tradition of something you stole from someone. That'd be good. <laughs> tell, tell me a story about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, well, we did steal. We did one of our favorite traditions. We did steal from somebody, and it's we. It's called pajama runs, where when the kids were really little, we you know, and they couldn't tell time, we would get them ready for bed and and put them to bed earlier than they normally would, and of course they had no clue. But then, except that they weren't tired. <laughs> but nice. but. So then we'd kind of start that process, and then one of us would yell really loud, pajama run! And that was the clue that everybody would run out the door in their pajamas, and we'd all pile in the car, and we'd go get ice cream somewhere. We don't go out in our pajamas here because it's a little uh, shameful. shameful. Inappropriate. Yes. But we still do it, and we like we at Chris right around Christmas time we'll do go to a store and buy new pajamas and then have a treat somewhere or something like that. But now we have we don't do it at bedtime though because for the teenagers that would be like midnight. They'd have to do that for us. (laughs) You've kind of set some values around keeping it focused on the character of God. Um, but also keeping family traditions alive and, and stuff like that. How, how have you used your home as a setting to re- uh, reflect and represent those values? Yeah, you know, in, in this work, uh, sometimes it feels like you're not allowed to have home. I don't... I, how to... Not allowed to make your home what you would want it to be or what you might make it in the States for a, for a number of reasons. One can be financial that, that there's this idea of living on support means you need to live as, as at the absolute minimum level of life. And we don't do that. We're, we're good stewards. We are good stewards of the, of the, the resources of God. 
and people generously support us. We have often said we're going to be as cultural as we can be without driving ourselves crazy. And home is a part of that. Um, and after we had been here maybe a couple of years, we actually set a room aside and kind of made it our, we don't invite guests here. This is where we hang out as a family. We bought a couch that, that our, our uh, local friends would be like, this is so ugly and not comfortable because it's soft, actually, because couches here are not soft at all. <laughs> and we put a TV in that room, and that was where we would go to be a family and be us and kind of let go of some of the, the things we felt like we needed to do. Because, because again, if our job, our job is very serious, what the intent of our job to reach people is very serious. And so yeah. there, there can be these, these pressures of everything in your home and life is available because otherwise you're not being a good M mm. and, so everybody has to deal with these questions. Yep. One of those ways was putting a side space in our home for us. You know, you can um, be too excessive in that. And we probably have been at times, but we, we do fight to be good stewards. And most people today don't, just don't worry about that. We've probably got a few supporters, even still, if they're, you know, kind of old school thinkers who might be like, are you sure you should be going on vacation? Are you sure? But that's a very, very limited group of people at this point. Yeah. For me, and, but I don't think for everybody, but for me, it's been really important to, to make our home our home and to make it, and, and some of that involves making it nice like to to a standard that 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 we enjoy and that's comfortable and and beautiful too like bringing beauty into our home is really important because i like it yes but also because it helps my roots go deep here because this is my home when we were back in the States last year, I, I did not feel at home because I wasn't in a place that was that I had made mine or ours. And so um, like even even today, after we've had all sorts of ups and downs this week, like, do we need to leave? Do we need to stay just security wise? And so you would think, you know, that you might be like temporal and, and say, Oh, I'm not going to do this. And I'm, I'm not going to clean and I'm, I'm not going to whatever. But I, today I was cleaning the house from top to bottom and I was, um, and we're like hanging shelves and, you know, just again, it was like, this is important. It's a, a, to me, it was like a statement of like, my roots are here this is where I live. This is my home and I'm not going anywhere. Of course, if the Lord says, then yes. But I think it's so important because if you're not doing those things, if you're not putting your roots down, whatever that looks like for you, you'll get easily blown or swayed. Once again, we who love you and know you, we love your marriage. We love your relationship as husband and wife. I think that there's a 
a stability, a strength, uh, a delightfulness about who y'all are as a couple. What's something that you would point to that have been a, a value that you guys have adhered to? Tim said, we are principled people. I was like, worry. It meant something fun and funny. <laughs> I like yep. it. All right, let's hear Tim's principled angle and then we can hear Christy's. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, you say the principles and then I'll... Because the bo- it's better to say boring funny. things first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, one of the things that has given life to us in our marriage is that we make, we, we've made decisions along the way that become a part of the fabric of who we are. Usually after a mistake. Usually after <laughs> a mistake. Like our first year of marriage when we had a pretty big fight. We had a lot of them. Christy mm-hmm. ran off. It was the middle of the summer and she ran out the door, no shoes. And on the black asphalt of the street, she ran to our, to our friend's house, like two blocks away. Kept going. And she blistered the bottom of both of her feet (laughs) on the scalding asphalt. And I literally carried her back to our house. And so, you know, at that point. Seemed like a good idea at the time. We, 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 we repented and forgave and and did that stuff that you have to do to fix your relationship. But we made a decision that we don't run away (laughs) and never with or without shoes. Yeah. Wherever the sole of your feet treads, something happens here. That's right. There's space running into another room that sometimes is appropriate that we've realized that's okay. That's not running away. But, but we made a decision as a family, as a couple at that point, we're not running away from each other when we're mad. And we haven't ever since because we decide, we made a decision. And I think that's a part of what has along the way we've decided both positive and negative things, or, or we've decided to do positive things and we've decided not to do negative things based on the, the, our worldview, our biblical view, our family view, our ideals and, the things that we believe about our marriage and uh, relationship. And so again, it is boring, but from my, (laughs) from the way that I am, uh, it makes things clear um, and gives us, gives us a place to, to stand when things are hard. We lean into what we know to be true and it truly supports us because a lot of that is based on, again, on who God is and what we believe about him and what we believe about marriage and what we believe the Bible says about those things. That's how we make those decisions. And, and so, yeah, on the, on the fun side, <laughs> the word is adventure. Yeah. I think for me, I'm at home a lot because I homeschool the kids and if Tim has the car, then I'm pretty homebound in general. And so anyway, it you can, you can start to, as much as I love my home, I get a little bit stir crazy too. So one thing that, that really helps that gives us life is to get out, to adventure, to go. And really, you know, that, that can mean anything. But for, for us, we found that connecting with nature is just 
really vital to our soul health. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, I think it impacts lots of areas too, but, but going up on the mountains, I mean, literally, I, I, I really believe that we're getting above some of the spiritual strongholds in our city too, to just be up on the mountains. Cause we can, um, we just feel lighter and, and can, um, just soak in the beauty of the nature too. And, and we can see past some of the flaws and hard things of living down in the city. Um, like, like just the trash or the, the tangle of wires everywhere. And, you know, you learn to look past that, but being above it really helps too. Yeah regain perspective and i mean biblically talk about high places there's something to be said about going up to the high places but yeah and and how it helps our marriage too is that if i can if i can do that once or twice a month then it gives me a lot of life to to go on and and it really is i i really do set the tone for our home and for our family and and so, you know, if mom ain't happy. Um, you know, but I think that's another thing is one of our concerns in, in having this conversation was that people, anybody might listen to it and say, well, we're not like that. We're not, we don't enjoy life like you enjoy life. We don't, we don't want to make a home like we're talking about. We don't like to go out and hike. We don't. So I, I would like to just throw out that principally, I think fundamentally that what we're talking about in some ways is self-awareness. Yeah. And we're talking, what we've done is we've not only known each other really well and talked about that, but we've fought to know our own hearts and, and we've learned what do we do that we love to do and we do yeah. it. Find what works for you. It's not that we're prescribing yeah. people go up to a high place. It's that's what works for you guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we've learned what, what causes us stress in our, in our work context. And, and so how do we avoid that and do something we love? Not that we don't love that. It's, it's worth it. But I, I just want to say principally, self-awareness, love language, how do you Sabbath, how do you rest? What do you enjoy? Because sometimes we can get so carried away by the importance of our work that we lose sight of who we are. Mm -hmm. And that certainly has happened to me Mm -hmm. uh, over the last few years. And I'm trying to come out of some of that. Being like us is not the point. Uh, The underneath that is, We've done a lot of work to and felt free to be who we are and to enjoy that and enjoy each other in that. But that's a long journey and a process. But we have worked really hard at knowing each other and being transparent about us, ourselves and with each other. And we do that with our kids. And that is a huge, huge deal. Um that allows them to feel like they know us. We repent to them when we fight in fr- we fight in front of them sometimes, not always. And then we repent in front of them. We're calling on them to be who they are. We're wrestling through hard things with them and who, and not perfectly, but 
this idea of the underlying who God made us to be and not fighting that, but feeding, living in it has been a major part of our ability to have fun, to live a a life that we enjoy and um, feel like we're being obedient and, and persevering in that. Is there anything else that you guys would say Another part, uh, another thing that has helped us as a family to really be resilient. Resiliency is able to go through stresses and strains and and be stretched and pulled and all that and then rebound and, and come back into shape. Is there anything else that you guys would say we would just love to share with with the listeners this sort of key to resiliency that we found has helped us to, to make it for this long? We have fought to, to really love where we live and and we and we genuinely do and we and we came with a great love but you know but zero reality in that in terms of like what's it really gonna feel like you know so so there was there was that and then you hit the ground and you're like you know and it's like the air gets sucked out of the room with some of the culture shock or whatever. And so then you got to fight through all of that. And you've got to come out on the other side, loving, loving the people and loving, loving the land where you live. And, and I think, I think we've, we've, we've done that and not just in like, we don't just, say in front of our kids like oh yeah we love it here uh-huh it's great because you know kids will see you know right through that even if you have perfected your tone you know mm-hmm. kids know right if you're if you're being truthful or not and and then it's so and they fall and they follow suit whatever, whatever you're really feeling, they're going to follow suit in that. So if you're feeling anxious, they're going to walk in that anxiety. Even if you've never said anything about some kind of situation or whatever is going on, we've fought through that. We we really love living here. We love the people. And we, like I said earlier too, like we've learned to look past a lot. There is a lot of like trash around us and just, you know, poor infrastructure and it's really dry here. And we've learned to have eyes like, Ooh, look at that one tree over there. Isn't it so beautiful? Or look, there's three flowers. There's three poppies. Yay! (laughs) And getting excited about those little things, even though there's like a pile of trash and I you know because it's funny when when we have people come visit I suddenly see see it through their eyes and I'm like oh yeah this sorry um this is not very nice and ooh yeah that's don't okay yeah don't want to eat that probably but <laughs> <laughs> so if you're only pretending that you love where where you live your kids aren't gonna do well and then you you're also it'll only carry you so far we we have lived in that the boundary lines have fallen for us in good places yes to me that that's a that's a perfect way to say it we say it culturally 
in America, the grass is, you know, we love the saying the grass is greener on the other side. We have, we have lived believing that wherever Jesus is, the, there's green grass. Mm-hmm. And even though our grass is sort of brown, it is. And actually it hurts my heart that we can't make our grass, our literal grass green, <laughs> but we're fighting for it. That has been a bedrock for us. And it, it sustains us in so many ways to live believing that there's nothing outside of here that's better. Mm. There's, there's no place. There's no thing. There's no stuff or opportunity. And that provides a ton of framework for our education decisions, believing that if God called us here, then he called our kids here because our family revolves around our calling and Jesus and, and not around our kids and their needs, even educationally, even medically, yeah. even whatever, you know, these are hard things that make you question. And when we believe that this is the green grass, our, the boundary lines have fallen for us in, in good places. It, it is sustaining in every way. I think the other thing is there are so many back doors out of here. There are exit ramps all over the place and they are almost all circumstantial. You cannot, we cannot, and we have, you've, we've had to fight it. We've had to fight it recently. We've had to fight it three weeks after getting back here from a year on sabbatical. Uh, there were circumstances and I was like, God, I'm out of here. And he wrestled with us and, and he fought side by side with us, not against us. And it was a week later that I had someone saying, Hey, would you like to consider coming back to the U S to work for us? Mm. We know you got back there, but you know, God was gracious in not offering, letting that offering come when I wasn't very strong. Um, Mm. But there's off ramps all the time. And um, I think one of the things is until when God said, move there, move here, he has not given us another word about where to be. And until he does, we're not, we're not really looking for one because we waited 15 years for this word that, that we got in 2007. It should take a lot. Uh, if, if he made clear his calling, it should take a lot to, to change that. And my intent is not to hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody question their decisions, but the inheritance of obedience has a lot of testing in it. Mm. Uh, some of the perseverance, resiliency too, but I mean perseverance specifically is in not is choosing not to take the exit routes. Whichever one of you wants to do it, why don't you just pray a prayer of, of blessing and grace and impartation on others? Yeah, Father, we just uh, thank you for the nations. We thank you for the diversity of this world and the, the beauty of it, Lord. We thank you for uh, minds to think and bodies to live and move and have their being in you. And so, Father, we do just want to impart that resiliency, that flexibility in body, mind, and soul that we would continue to take our cues from you and that we would listen to your voice 
guiding us each step, Lord, and that we would take joy in who you made us to be and that we would experience uh, that in an abundant way and that you would continue to teach us more about you so that we can understand ourselves better and therefore be more prepared and able to do the diverse things that you have for us in these different countries and these different lands with uh, different people and different languages and all the complexities that that brings. And we thank you, uh, Jesus, for, for showing us the way in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. That does it for this episode of Resiliency. We're so grateful to each of you for listening, and we'd like to hear from you on how we're doing. You can follow us on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast, and you can click on the link in the bio and leave us a voice message that we might even put into the show. And so for now, I'm Silas West, and thank you for listening to Resiliency. Resiliency.